It's not always easy to find the positive. You might even need to search for happiness. Sometimes, just a little inspiration can make the difference. Here, it comes from unexpected places. Welcome to the Tangential Inspiration Podcast. We were discouraged with all the negativity in the world and decided to focus on finding some good out there. Welcome to the Tangential Inspiration Podcast with me, Teresa. And me, Amy. We're two ordinary moms looking for inspiration wherever we can find it. So I just got back from my uh, niece's wedding oh, in yeah. Dallas. That was so fun. I haven't seen you since. So I know. It was... Yeah, it was fun. It was it was just uh, great to get to spend all that time with my sister. Just kind Family of time. And my yeah. niece and Good. her new husband. And I got to see my nephew who lives down there and his girlfriend. Mm-hmm. So that was fun. Nice. Yeah. A little bit getting back to some normal. normalcy. Yeah. yeah. Fun. You know, I love the Today Show. <laughs> Shocking. I know. So that's a new th- new thing, though. Uh, well, I caught only the title of the segment. It's called Forever Boy. And I was curious. What, so I looked online. Forever Boy is the title of a new memoir about a mom's journey, Kate Swenson, who is helping her nonverbal autistic oh, son, I, yes. Cooper. Yes. Do you know about this? Not, not much. But okay. Yes, I have seen this book. Um, find a voice. So um, since April is Autism Awareness and Acceptance Month, mm. Mm-hmm. I thought her story is especially fitting. Kate's memoir provides hope and comfort for thousands of parents of children with autism. She began a blog, Finding Cooper's Voice, years ago. Initially, she began in secrecy, and it kind of evolved over the years. She's a working mom, and I love how she describes herself. She sounds like our kind of gal. She says, I live for coffee, preach kindness like my life depends on oh. it, and continuously surprised by the twists and turns of motherhood. Her blog is a safe place to find friends where you can share and celebrate unique challenges of raising a child with special needs. She talks about learning about Cooper's diagnosis and how it changed her world just in an instant. She writes about the confusing years, the hard years, and how they couldn't leave their house. In 2021, Kate co-founded, along with Amanda DeLuca, the More Than Project Foundation. Amanda also has a son with special needs, and they both understand the stress and struggle and exhaustion that comes with caregiving a special needs child. They want to provide support, and the idea has kind of evolved into creating a More Than Project to oversee the body for more than a caregiver and then more than a sibling. They really want to kind of support the entire the whole family. family. Now, I, I mean, it's tiring enough to be just a parent. Right. Let alone having any special needs. In one of her recent blog posts, she writes about a few simple ways to seek support as well as support autistic uh, individuals mm-hmm. and their families. She listed six ways to support. If you have a child with autism, she says talk about it calmly, kindly, with courage uh, to family members or friends, and be an advocate for your child. Secondly, tell them. It's a perfect time when you're talking about your child with special needs just to ask for help and support. Third, right off the bat? Right off the bat, you know, and, and just bring awareness. That's good to know because people don't know. You don't think they people want to support, but they don't know how to. And, and I think talking about it, yes. just being open to it. She said the third is like teach. Go to your children's school maybe during April, mm-hmm. you know, during Autism Awareness Month, and read a book about a child with autism. I love that idea. Fourth, educate. Read as many books as you can, blogs, just on autism, mm-hmm. just to become more aware. She says, as Kate points out, she said, knowledge brings comfort, which is true, mm-hmm. and reduces fear. 
needs. You know, it's powerful. Fifth, invite. Often kids with special needs aren't invited to activities or birthday parties. She was saying her son, who's now 11, has like maybe only been invited to one birthday party. So include them. Yeah. (laughs) Six, reach out. It it could be a neighbor down the street. Just just start with saying hi and, and get to know them. I was just so inspired by Kate's willingness to share a story which is helping others and bring awareness to autism. I love her fierceness and her kind approach. I definitely am going to get her book and possibly we'll be talking about on a future podcast. I would love that because like I said, when I saw the book, I automatically thought I need to put that on my list. Um, We should put our blog up on our uh, website for people to see that link. Sounds good. I remember running with Amy around what we call the forest. <laughs> yes. Just basically a wooded park in our area. But we'd meet there and run laps trying to keep a little bit of normalcy and decompress with the early so days awesome. of, yeah. of quarantine with COVID. I'd tell her about the latest crazy member at Costco. <laughs> I miss those stories. I know. I In Get some ways do. Get a giggle. And Amy would share her latest <laughs> on Dr. Fauci. Seemed like a lot like the movie Groundhog Day. For sure. You either love or hate that yeah. movie. But there was a woman who had come into Costco at the time wearing an I Heart Dr. Fauci mask. And each time she wore it, I'd make sure to compliment her on the mask. I didn't know much about Dr. Fauci, but still appreciated his expertise. Was grateful that you would take the time <laughs> to listen to, you know, the press conferences and give me the quick version since I didn't have the time to do that. I figured he had to be smart in order to be in that position in the first place. Right, But, you know, you reminded me and commented on how calm and collected he stayed under extreme pressure. I mean, the few bits that I've seen, it's crazy. It's amazing. Yeah, people are just hard on him. So I've wanted to learn more about Dr. Fauci since the outbreak of COVID, but just haven't taken the time. I'm looking for books on him. I discovered (laughs) he hasn't written any autobiographies, and I decided... That must be because he's, you know, just too busy with other things. Right. But I found two children's books on him. Oh, cool. And so, not intentionally. Those were not the ones I planned on. But in a collection of ideals, the book was called Fauci, Expect the Unexpected, Ten Lessons on Truth, Service, and the Way Forward. Oh. I'll go over the points towards the end of this, but I wanted to talk a little bit about his experience first. And with that book, yeah. it really just goes over his interview on the National Geographic show that right now is on Disney Plus. Oh, okay. So it's really, I mean, the show's really good too, but the book's really just reiterates it. Um, I'm saddened that so many people have vilified Dr. Bouchy. I know. And I feel like his position is a bit like an umpire or referee right. in sports. No matter what he does, he'll have people angry with him For about sure. something. Yeah. Sadly, scandals and conspiracy theories are what make the money. Mm. So I feel like that's, yeah. yeah. People want to hear the dirt on someone, real or not. Definitely something we need to work on as a society. People seem to blame Fauci for the disease in the first place. Or at know, least I feel like that. Kind of crazy. But and yeah. I just think it's beyond absurd. Right. They think he's in it for the money or prestige. He would do just fine in a private practice. Right. I'd have to say. I know he really could just retire. Which was his plan to begin with. Um, I kind of think he hasn't taken the time to write a book because, like I said, he's too busy trying to find answers for the rest of us with all these epidemics. I don't think most people know how many administrations Dr. Fauci has worked under. Yeah. I know I didn't. No, I don't either. 
he was the foremost researcher for AIDS, West Nile virus, SARS, Ebola, and now COVID. Wow. He's been the chief medical advisor for seven presidents, beginning back with Ronald Reagan. Wow. He, he got to say, he looks really good for his he age. He does. But he, you, he's an avid runner. Yeah. Yeah. No, well, and um, in, in the... Um, in that documentary on him, now he's a power walker, so okay. I'm not sure if he's running anymore, but yeah, he's definitely exercising, you know, staying healthy for sure. George W. Bush commented in that documentary on Fauci that Anthony Fauci is definitely not a politician. <laughs> he isn't there to make someone look good. He's there to give scientific evidence for people to draw their own conclusions. Right. Fauci's always been level-headed from what I found. Not a lot rattles him, and he looks at everything from that scientific lens, which I don't get. I'm very emotional and, you know, sympathetic, and I look at things totally different, but he looks for the facts and science. Even the home videos that they showed on that National Geographic documentary showed a man, you know, almost treating the videos like a science experiment. Oh, or, wow. Or so, he, you know, he was just labeling them, but yeah. there would be, you know, lots of laughter and dancing and whatnot, but... Definitely a lot of verbal labeling and, you know, timestamp, who is in it. So wow. it kind of, it just... Has a scientific was, approach yes, to definitely it. definitely a science man. He'd comment who was in it, what was going on. It was absolutely adorable, but also highlights his character and personality. Mm-hmm. I guess, um, I think he was kind of a hard doctor to work for yeah. before his wife was his wife. She was a nurse and he, Dr. Fauci had a patient that was, he spoke Portuguese and he needed an interpreter. Long story short, this nurse came in and had heard how, you know, you need to treat Dr. Fauci's patients well because he's very particular. So Chris, the nurse, is translating for this, I, I can't, he was kind of high up in Portugal. And he had asked, he told Dr. Fauci he wanted to leave. He wanted to go get back home. And Chris said that Dr. Fauci relayed that he could be discharged as long as he rested, you know, kept his legs, you know, and, and just all these strict rules. So she relays that to the patient. And he said, no, I'm going to go back and I'm going to dance. I'm going to live my life. And in that moment, she had to decide what she was going to tell Dr. Fauci. And she lied to him. She said he said he'll do it all. So he discharges the guy. And she got called in later on to his office, and she thought she was busted. But it ended up that he asked her out on a date. Oh, So sweet. it all ended well in, in the long run. But it's just kind of a cute story. And people need to watch that documentary to it hear sounds the, whole, cute. the yeah. whole thing. I don't think he actually called out being OCD, but he at least alluded to it. He'd talk about... You know, not let, allowing himself to leave, even if it was super late, until everything was in a proper order. So he definitely, even if he was tired, made sure he was getting his job done. Yeah. Um, Anthony Fauci was born on Christmas Eve. Oh. Poor guy. I, I know. Sorry That's always hard, though. Yeah. yeah. Um, in 1940, he grew up in Brooklyn in an apartment above his family's pharmacy. Both his maternal and paternal grandparents were immigrants from Italy. Young Anthony would deliver prescriptions on his blue Schwinn bike. Aww, he said, I love that. Sometimes he'd get a five-cent tip, oh, which was a lot, yeah, I'm sure, in those days. Sure. He grew up understanding the importance of hard work. He went to Regis High School, which was run by Jesuit priests who instilled a philosophy to live and work for others. Oh, yeah. Help others. Not only was he extremely bright, but he was also a very good communicator, which is wow, part of what evident. you saw. It's yeah, evident, exactly. I think. Um, he was the shortest boy on the basketball team, but still, with his speed and his exceptional communication skills, the boys voted him for team captain. Oh, that's which I awesome. think is cool. Yeah. 
So there's hope for all of us. Even if you're short. Yeah, (laughs) short people. After high school, he attended Holy Cross for his undergraduate, followed with Cornell Medical College. You know, hard and driven worker. He'd work on construction sites to pay for college. Wow. Which is, I think. That's a go-getter. Admirable. Yeah. He was actually working at uh, Cornell one day. He went inside to check it out. He was scolded by the security Uh. guard there for getting concrete on the floor because I'm sure his shoes were dirty. Yeah. He told the man that he would be a student there one day, and the man, you know, just laughed at him. The following year, he started medical school there and graduated in 1966 at the top of his class. Oh, wow. So, too bad he couldn't go find that security guard and And say, hey. Remember that day? With the Vietnam War, men were drafted, and for those in the medical field, they were given the option of public health service going into the Navy, Army, or Air Force. So he requested it in that order and actually ended up being the senior investigator at the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Disease. Wow. Apparently, he found his calling as he stayed there instead of doing his time and starting a private practice. His plan originally, you know, at post-medical school was to do three years at NIH and then open a private practice in his home state of New York. Wow. So one day in 1981, he was reading the MMWR. I definitely don't read this, but it's um, Morbidity, Mortality Weekly Report. He read that five gay men had died of pneumonia. He found it interesting but thought, you know, it was likely a fluke. Right. Then a month later, he noticed that 26 gay men died of a type of pneumonia. He sensed a problem on the horizon, even though many of his colleagues at the NIH disagreed. They felt Fauci was wasting time taking on a disease that wasn't, you know, likely to lead to anything. He sent an article to a major medical journal about the possibility of a new disease that appeared to destroy the immune system, and they rejected it, claiming Fauci was being too alarmist. Thank goodness, though, for his moral compass. Kept him working on it, and we all know HIV and AIDS became a worldwide problem. Dr. Fauci had been right in sounding the alarm. He, in that video, gets choked up talking about caring for those patients. Most of them were men, you know, in the prime of their lives. Yeah. Fauci was attacked from all sides. The AIDS activists didn't feel like he was doing enough. They felt the government was moving too slow. His team felt constantly scrutinized and right. were disheartened with how they were being treated by the public. Hmm. You know, I, I see both sides. Right, yeah. In general, we want someone to blame in something like this. Having a scapegoat absolves responsibility. People were protesting on both sides. Angry activists claiming the NIH wasn't doing their job or doing enough. And the camp that said it was just their problem, you know, because they were gay men. Right. They were cranky that they were even doing anything. Because they didn't think it would affect them, it was easy for them to write off AIDS and claim it just was a consequence, you know, of their lifestyle. Right. Interview after interview, he was attacked for working on this disease. He still stayed focused. He knew that they were just scared. You know, these people and their fears were definitely understandable. But Fauci pushed back calmly, noting that everyone deserves compassion and care, which I so admire. Yeah, for sure. Keep in mind, this is at a time that stigma was at its worst. I mean, they talked about men being evicted from their homes. People were that scared. Right, I remember that. Yeah. AIDS. Yeah. So the HIV and AIDS epidemic was definitely dividing society. Fauci still avoids politics. He did back then as well. And while he was being blasted by both sides, he remained calm and laser focused. There was an activist group named ACT UP. 
And one of their members wrote a letter that was published. I can't remember what the paper was, but it was titled something like Open Letter to Idiot Fauci. Oh, gosh. Imagine how that would make you <laughs> feel. That's awful. At the time, there were some indications that a cancer drug could help suppress the symptoms of AIDS. Okay. But Fauci wanted more than to just suppress the symptoms because, you know, he um, because of that stand, he was blamed for the whole mess. So they stormed the NIH on May 21st, and the government's AIDS, you know, researchers were scared for just doing their jobs since these protesters were angry. Right. One guy named Peter was climbing up on the building, brought inside, likely to be arrested. He noticed this short man with a white lab coat in the hall and recognized him right away. It surprised the officers that Anthony Fauci and Peter knew each other. You know, they were on opposing sides. Right. The opposing sides were not making adequate progress. They both wanted the same thing, but they were seeing it very differently and were anything but a united front. Fauci tried to bring the sides together. His colleagues were frustrated with this approach. They thought, you know, from their perspective, the activists weren't scientists and they didn't understand it. Right. The two conflicting sides with strong opinions he was able to bring them together to work on the issue at hand, which... That's so incredible. So amazing. Yeah. In the 90s, he gave a speech. Both sides were in attendance, conservatives, liberals, his colleagues, activists, a total mixed group. He reminded people there that science takes time. Right. He knew that some thought the scientists didn't care, while at the same time, the scientists felt unappreciated and constantly under attack. I understand both sides. Right. He addressed this problem in his speech and noted that instead of dismissing sides and digging in for confrontation, he wanted them to come together to design a formidable plan to fight the disease together. He got a standing ovation, which he totally deserved. Both sides were clapping. Where they were once divided, they now were plotting together. By encouraging his scientists to place themselves in the position of the patient, it brought a new aspect to their research. And he reminded everyone that science is better with more voices, which once again, smart. I just love it. What bothered me the most about the anger towards Dr. Fauci, claiming, you know, they were claiming he wasn't doing his job, was how much he had missed his family, you know, family activities, how much his family had truly sacrificed for a safer world. He missed a lot of soccer games, concerts, track meets, gymnastic competitions, because he couldn't neglect his work. And his daughter noted that often he he was working 12 to 13 hour days. Wow. Fortunately, his wife was amazing. Yeah. And getting their three girls, Megan, Jennifer, and Allison, to all their activities. They both were making sacrifices. Right. In the name of science. His family noticed And his colleagues were also aware of his dedication, but the public, particularly his critics, just don't seem to be aware. They weren't at the time, and they still aren't now. Another thing I loved was the family commitment to having dinner together, not just on Sunday night. Yeah. He might have missed out on a lot of extracurricular activities, but he and his wife had decided they'd have family dinner every night when he got home from work. So his daughter commented, on how late it would be sometimes. Aww. They just wanted to eat. And he'd come home and he'd start dancing with his wife. And the girls who just wanted to Sit eat. Sit down and eat. Yeah, exactly. But I admire that dedication to finding a cure. And yet the balance they found right. as parents and the family to allow him to work those long hours to help yeah. humanity. That's amazing. When the world had the Ebola scare. I vaguely remember this. Dr. Yeah. Fauci, once again, I, don't, I didn't remember it being Dr. Fauci, but... He was trying to calm the American people. He simply shared the facts 
at his news conferences, much like he's done with COVID. Right. And there was this visceral fear of Ebola. It was deadly, and people were uncertain about this threat. Understandable. Yeah. When a nurse contracted Ebola while helping in Africa, she was flown into an NIH facility and treated until she no longer was contagious. Because it was so important to Dr. Fauci to demonstrate that there was nothing to fear, he gave the Texas nurse a hug with her public discharge oh, to yeah. show that he wasn't afraid. Right. In 1996, they finally came up with what they called this, you know, cocktail for AIDS patients. I have no idea the science behind it, but Fauci noted they had been trying and trying, but just not hitting the mark. With this new treatment, there finally seemed to be some hope. One of the first test patients to receive the cocktail commented that he had no symptoms today, and each birthday, he thanks Dr. Fauci for his life. Yeah. Thank goodness Fauci stayed committed to who he was and what he believed in. And didn't cave. Yeah. Bono gave a short interview in that um, documentary commenting on how excited he was when it was declared that they had pills that might slow the AIDS epidemic. Condi Rice approached President George W. Bush about the problem in Africa. And Bush said to unleash Fauci. Talk about a reputation. Yeah. And I just love that. Yeah. These two men coming together. Sadly, people in Congress argued that Africans wouldn't understand how to take the medication, saying it would be a waste of money and resources, and they didn't want to give them aid. Bush decided to send Fauci to Africa to see if that was actually the case. And Fauci found that what the opponents to aid had described was extremely inaccurate. They actually could follow directions, were super motivated to do whatever they needed to do to get healthy, and would definitely be able to follow directions for medication. President Bush announced that he was going to provide $15 billion over five years for aid to Africa and the Caribbean. And I just, I love how Fauci was able to bring the sides together once again, and that Bush stepped up and announced his decision. At the time, Democrats, Republicans, as well as the leader of Uganda were shown, you know, applauding. Yay. So once again, coming together. Fast forward to COVID. Once again, Fauci demonstrated his ability to laser focus and his exceptional communication skills. He noted that his job is to tell people the truth, not what they want to hear. Already by the spring of 2020, they were discussing vaccines, which just is amazing. It is. They were discussing the vaccine's approval, you know, trying to get trials approved and on the fast track to slowing the epidemic. This vaccine has the has had the fastest turnaround. I guess the second fastest vaccine was for the mumps. Okay. And that took four years. Wow. So this one was, was really quick. Yeah, amazingly quick. Unfortunately, Dr. Fauci sharing science has made him a target for some. While the guy is only trying to protect people, some, as I noted, have vilified him for reasons I still can't figure out. He could easily retire and leave the headache for someone else. Right. But he really wants to have this in our rear window. He wants to get it under control. He said, you know, things on the dark web have made him be forced to have a security detail because of death threats. Um, People trying to get him to back off. His wife, Chris, commented that it's really reduced her trust in humanity, which just breaks my heart after all she's sacrificed right, right. for this. The AIDS activist, Peter, that I spoke of earlier, at times he's worried enough about Fauci that he calls in and checks on him Aww. because he knows that he's being threatened yeah. and you know people are trying to intimidate him. Fauci noted in the interview 
that there have been times that it's almost too much, especially when it's affecting his family. But then he reminds himself the importance of what he's doing and to just focus on what he's trying to get done, what he's trying to accomplish. So he's in a race to stop this disease, not for the money or the glory, but to be a true humanitarian. He noted that with the global pandemic, we need a global solution. And that's why he puts up with the threats and intimidation for the betterment of society. So his 10 lessons on truth and service and the way forward, I love all of these and people should check out the book. Above all, empathize. Oh, yeah. Honor your community. Pursue your passion. Expect the unexpected. Persist. Persevere. Prevail. Live to serve. Lead by example. Be a lifelong learner. Forge partnerships. And revere the truth, oh, which I love. Those are good. All of those, yeah. especially revere the truth. And I did love this Dr. Fauci, how a boy from Brooklyn became a America's doctor by Kate Messner and illustrated by Alexander Rabat. It Alexander looks really oh my colorful. Gosh, it's adorable. Yeah, it looks cute. And it does have, I, so I lied, Dr. Fauci has, I guess, in part written a book because it has Dr. Fauci's five tips for future scientists. Oh, yeah. So it has all sorts of resources in here for kids. Yeah. Littles that I just think are awesome. Keep an open mind. Don't be afraid to fail. Yeah. Get excited That's- about discovery. Remember that science is self-correcting and keep learning. Right. So even though this was for kids, I'm right. like, still a little No, it's a good, yeah. Bottom line, I just admire that he cares. Yeah. Time and time again, people commented that Anthony Fauci becomes the size of the task or the challenge he's faced with. He doesn't waste unnecessary energy with the opponents, but stays focused on the problem at hand. Just like when he brought together the scientists and the AIDS activists, he's trying to unite the American population. He thinks that coming together to fight this disease is as patriotic as it gets. He believes that if we unite in the fight, we can do just that. And that is the American spirit. You can do anything you put your mind to. And I just love that. Yeah, that's awesome. Once again, he's not political. He's just stating the facts. The diseases are the enemy we must fight against, not one another. I'm so thankful we have scientists like Dr. Fauci dedicated to constantly seeking the truth and searching for facts. For sure. With more research and evidence, facts might change, but the underlying foundation remains the same. It's science, and I'm so grateful for them. I'm also thankful for Fauci's reminder that we'll all get through this. Right. I'm hoping we learn something along the way, too. I believe the children are our future. Teach them well and let them lead the way. Show them all the beauty they possess inside. Give them a sense of pride to make it easier. Let the children's laughter remind us how we used to be. Whitney Houston. I have to be honest, I was so bothered watching old coverage of Dr. Fauci being interviewed during those oh, early yeah. years of AIDS. I watch that. Oh my gosh, just heartbreaking. I understand that people were scared, fearful of the unknown. I totally get that. But that the fear led them to behave in such horrible ways, I will never understand. People treated Dr. Fauci like he was the enemy, verbally attacking him with such hatred and judgment, and sadly, further divided people. For many, this was a gay man's problem. They were angry that resources were being used for it. As Dr. Fauci pointed out, whether or not a person was worthy of it, everyone deserves compassionate care. Yeah. I wish those haters had considered people like Elizabeth and Ariel Glazer. Elizabeth was married to Paul Michael Glazer. 
He was Starsky. Okay. And All right. Starsky and Hutch. I remember that back show. Back in the 70s. I yeah. love that show. I used to watch that. Me too. Elizabeth contracted HIV after a blood transfusion during labor. Her daughter, Ariel, contracted it from breast milk, and her son, Jake, contracted it in utero. Oh, wow. This was 1981. Right. They, you know, had no idea what was to come. When the Glazers researched treatments, they discovered tragically that drugs were only available for adults. No drugs were on the market, approved, or even tested for children. Wow. Elizabeth's goal was to change this for her children and for others who would find themselves in the same position. She and two close friends, Susie Zegan and Susan DeLaurentis, created a foundation to raise money for pediatric HIV AIDS research. Just two years after her diagnosis, little Ariel lost her battle and passed away in 1988. She was just seven. They didn't know at the time, but Jake had inherited the CCR5 gene from his dad, and it would help protect his immune system from oh, that's, HIV. That's incredible. Amazing. Yeah. I mean, he still really. also has done some um, other medication, but he has that gene. In 1988, Elizabeth made her first trip to Washington to meet with President and Mrs. Reagan, members of Congress, and scientists from the NIH. I'm sure Dr. Fauci was there. <laughs> I'm sure she met him, yeah. Aww. Her and Paul... Um, became advocates. Even Princess Diana, um, they, her and Elizabeth bonded over AIDS research advocacy. Diana would call her the last year of Elizabeth's life, you know, frequently, Aww. and even visited the family on Martha's Vineyard in 1994, the wow. year that Elizabeth lost her battle. Wow. Their lives continue through this fight. The logo of Elizabeth Glazer Pediatric AIDS Foundation is a drawing that Ariel did in 1988. It's how she envisioned the world. Bright, sunny, and filled with love. It's like cute little flowers and stuff. It's very sweet. Since her death, the EGPAF has become the leading global nonprofit dedicated to preventing pediatric HIV infection and eliminating pediatric AIDS with research, advocacy, treatments, and programs. Her son, Jake, has continued the fight. He's now a healthy 37-year-old, but knows all too well the stigma related to the disease. He remembers being shunned at school, losing friends. He started answering the phones for his mother's foundation in 2005 and has been grateful to witness how many people have been inspired by what his mom started, which I just think is super sweet. Yeah. He's busy with his own plant-based food business called Cool Foods. Okay. I need to look into that. Yeah. Um, and he's even thinking about starting his own family, which is something he grew up thinking would never be possible. Right. He also makes periodic trips to Africa to meet with kids there as an ambassador of sorts for his mother's foundation. According to the Elizabeth Glaser Pediatric AIDS Foundation, every week nearly 2,000 children die of HIV or AIDS in Africa, and approximately 9,000 more become affected with HIV. Without treatment, half of them will die before the age of two. It also notes that we've seen a um, 95% decline in pediatric HIV infection in the United States and globally more than 50% since 2000. Wow, that's great. So, but amazing, still but clearly more, more to work go. needs to yeah. be done. I'm just so impressed that Jake is keeping his mother's cause and her spirit alive. No surprise that he has an AIDS ribbon tattoo with his mom and sister's initials on his upper back with one of his mother's favorite quotes. My life had certainly not turned out the way that I'd expected, but while tomorrow would bring what it would, tomorrow is glorious. That's sweet. Sweet. Yeah. And I'm just so inspired that he's taken the baton and... Such a beautiful way to honor his mom and his sister, for sure. Out of the mountain of despair, a stone of hope. Martin Luther King Jr.
Thanks for listening to Tangential Inspiration. We really want to hear from you. Email us your comments or story suggestions at tangentialinspiration at gmail.com or leave a comment on our website, tangentialinspiration.com. Our website has all our podcast episodes, show notes, stories, follow-ups, and links to websites and books we talk about. Like and subscribe to us on your favorite podcast app, and you can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Have a great week.